But talking about habit patterns, how, how do you follow Jesus? What, what's it look like to follow Jesus on a regular basis? And what habit patterns can you put in place to see that you find yourself growing? Because the habits you put in place will determine the course of your life. Amen? Amen. I mean, all of us get tired of going around the same circles, same issues time and time again. And the reality is, there is a way we can grow and get better. And there are some key things you can do, some habit patterns you can put in place that will guarantee you will get better and you will grow. I told you John Maxwell says growth is the only guarantee tomorrow will get better. The calendar guarantees you'll get older, but the calendar doesn't guarantee that you and I will get better. Only growth does that. And you can't stop the calendar, but you can put some habit patterns in place that will guarantee that you will grow and you will get better. Amen. Amen. And Paul the Apostle wrote to the church at Galatia, and he says in Galatians 5.1, Let me be clear, the Anointed One, Jesus Christ, has set us free. That's salvation. Amen. He set us free, not partially, but completely and wonderfully free. And we must always cherish this truth and stubbornly refuse to go back into the bondage of our past. Many of us have, have cherished that truth, I'm free, but we've not stubbornly refused to go back. And this is where we get stuck. And so we, we live in, in these habit patterns that have gotten us into bondage and kept us there. But we want to stubbornly refuse to go back into bondage. And so we put some things in place that will guarantee that we'll never go back. Look at your neighbor and say, don't go back. Forward motion, baby. Let's go. So there are some key habits that in life that if you'll put them into place, they will be the fuel for other good habits. Key habits. And, and they'll take you where you want to go. And I did some research this week on how long does it take to establish a habit pattern. Because I've always heard 21 days, right? 21 days, you got a new habit, and you're good. And researchers, scientists have told us, actually 21 days is not near enough time. It takes on average 66 days to form and establish a new habit. 66 days. I mean, that's some time. That's, that's putting in some effort. But once you put the effort in, you create a new groove in your brain. It takes some time to get it deep enough so it becomes a habit pattern. Okay? But the rewards are well worth it. Now, you got to know habits are a process and not an event. I wish we could all come forward and lay hands on you and just all of a sudden you've got a new habit pattern. Ha-ha! Wow, look at that! Oh, oh, thank you, Jesus. No. It doesn't happen that way. It's a process, and it's a good process. So we've looked at, at some of the habit patterns. What are the habit patterns I need to put in place so I can follow Jesus on a consistent basis? And we looked at key habit pattern number one, and that's being connected to the body of Christ through the local church, his body, his church, his family. Being a part of the local church is vital to your growth. 
Look at your neighbor and say, get in church. Stay there. Stay there. Don't remove yourself from underneath the umbrella of protection that God has placed over you. Stay in that red Mickey D's fry packet, okay? Stay in there. Stay hot and fresh and delicious. Stay like you're supposed to. I had some fries this week. I'm just going to confess it right now because they were good. But they had to stay in the packet to stay fresh and warm because the heat radiating off of each other and the freshness and the, and the salt. And I mean, don't, don't let your coal be taken out of the hot fire and set to the side for a while because that's when you get cold and ineffective, unable to be used. I mean, grow, develop, contribute, connect, sharpen yourself, sharpen others. That's why we're here together in the church, the body of Christ, the family of God. Family's a big deal, and, and you can't really pick your family. <laughs> well, some of you do, but, I mean, we need each other. And the key habit pattern number two we talked about last week is daily reading the Word of God, digesting the Word of God on a daily basis. Get a life journal. We sell life journals at the, at the Connection Bar. They're five bucks. And you, you write down what God is speaking to you on a daily basis. Get a Bible reading plan. Get the Bible app. Get the YouVersion Bible app on your phone if you have a smartphone. Again, if you have a dumb phone, sorry. But if you have a smartphone, the Bible app will read to you. You can spend an hour, hour and a half, two hours in a commute and listen to the Word of God. Let it feed your spirit. Because as the Word of God feeds you, you get stronger. Don't, don't fast the Word of God, okay? Because you'll get weak and emaciated. You won't have the strength you need to fight every battle that you need to fight. We talked about the uh, SOAP method, S-O-A-P. Scripture, you remember this? Scripture, observation, application, prayers. One of you left your notes on, on the seat this week, and you missed the A. You need to apply this, Okay? You wrote down scripture, you wrote down observation, and you put an A there, and then you wrote down prayer. And you got to have all of it to get the full soap cleaning everywhere. Okay? Sorry. See, there's a the, there's the slippery slope of, of not reading the Word of God on a daily basis, and you begin to dry up spiritually. You don't even know why. You're, you're wondering, why am I, why do I feel this way? Why? And, and you lose your spiritual strength. So that's why the enemy fights against you so much because his, the God's word is truth. Thy word is truth. Amen. And Jesus said, you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. When you, when you place the truth in your life and you, you receive of the truth, it, it strengthens you and it frees you. And the enemy doesn't want you free. Sorry. He wants to kill you, destroy you, and, and, and give you a, a miserable life. But Jesus said, I've come to give you life more abundantly, life to the fullest extent possible. And so as you read his word and, and devour his word, his word is truth. And God's, God's word plants seeds in your life that will grow and produce fruit in your life if you cooperate. Look at your neighbor and say, cooperate with God's word. Cooperate. You got to cooperate. It'll work if you work it. 
God's, God's word is also your weapon of warfare against the enemy. And so as you daily engage the word of God, it's a guarantee that you will grow, you will get better, you'll get stronger if you cooperate. Someone asked uh, Landon Schott this week, how can I be motivated to read the Bible? And his answer was very interesting to me. He said, you're never hungry for the spirit when you're full of the flesh. And it's true. Lord, make us hungry for you. Make us hungry for your word, your spirit. Now, the new believers, the new followers of Christ in the book of Acts developed some habit patterns. Acts 2.42 says they devoted themselves. They, they made a habit of, they committed to this. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, which is the word of God, to fellowship, hanging out at church together, okay? And to the breaking of bread, we don't really need to talk about that because y'all eat a whole bunch. But they broke bread together. They hung out together. We've got lightning going on in here, okay? So just, it's okay. It's all good. And to prayer. So they devoted themselves. They, they made a habit of the apostles' teaching, fellowship together, the breaking of bread, which was also communion, which we partook of today, and to prayer. So key habit pattern number three today I want to talk about, and this is our last time to talk about this, because next week I jump into a brand new series out of Nehemiah. I'm excited to uh, share some truth from Nehemiah. But key habit pattern number three is daily prayer or communication with God. Amen. Somebody say daily prayer. Daily. And it's not just daily prayers. It's daily prayer. You can say prayers and really not communicate. Does that make sense? Um, I also want to say this is out loud communication. Somebody say out loud. It's out loud. Don't, don't just think your prayer, okay? Not, it's not just silent praying, not just thinking praying. Now, can God read my mind? Absolutely. But does he want to hear from your voice? Yeah, he does. And, and so it's not just thinking silent prayer. It's just like in your marriage, just like in a relationship, uh, you need to verbally communicate your feelings. Not just think your feelings. How's that? I don't know. What'd you say? I don't know verbally out loud. You see, Christianity is a relationship. Amen. This isn't a religion. When you come to Jesus and you follow Jesus, it's not, it's not religion. It's not rules and religion. It's a relationship. It's just like a marriage relationship. You're connected to, you hang out with the family, right? You go to church. You read every letter that's written to you. You listen to what's being said. That's God's word. And you talk. That's prayer. And you can't just talk once a week or 1.8 times a month, which is the average church attendance I just read this week. The average Christian attends church 1.8 times a month. 
And if that's all you're getting spiritually, I just tell you, you're dead. You're not functioning on a, on a Christ-like level. You can't. 1.8 times a month. That's 21 days out of the year. That's the average church attendance in America. How you doing? Again, online church is great, but it's not rubbing shoulders. It's not iron sharpening iron. It's not being in the presence of other worshipers as we lift our voices and praise to God. There, there's nothing quite like that. We need each other. If you want a healthy relationship, you can't just talk once every so often if you want to go to the next level in your relationship. Just like the slow drift of distancing yourself from church and not reading the Word of God, there's a slow drift of little or no communication prayer that will end in disaster in your relationship. I mean, imagine getting married to your spouse and never talking to him or her ever again. I told her I loved her when I was 40 years ago. If it changes, I'll let her know. Sorry, you're not going to the next level. You can't sustain a relationship like that. No communication equals no relationship. So how do I learn to pray? Prayer is simply communicating and simply talking to God Amen. and listening. There, there is a prayer model, and I want to share it with you quickly this morning because my time is, is quickly running away. It's the ACTS prayer model, A-C-T-S. Somebody say ACTS, A-C-T-S, A-C-T-S. Adoration. Confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. If you're taking notes, we'll go over that again. Adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. It's a good model to follow. Adoration is, is basically giving God praise adoration and love, proclaiming who he is as king of all kings and lord of all lords. Amen. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. It's, it's the model that Jesus taught us to pray. And it's out loud. Somebody say out loud. Out loud. I mean, hear yourself say that. Out loud. <laughs> say, say it again. Out loud. out loud. Out loud. Why? Because you need to hear yourself speak and God needs to hear you, and the devil needs to hear you. Because he can't read your mind. He only reads your, your impulses and the things you do and, and what he's watching you see or say. So the psalmist David said in Psalm 145, I will exalt you, my God and King. My God, the King. I will praise your name forever and ever. Every day. Somebody say every day. This isn't a once in a while deal. Every day I will praise you and extol your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. One generation commends your works to another. They tell of your mighty acts. They speak. There's a pattern going on here. 
And it's coming out the mouth. How about that? Using this little tongue thingy. The thing that gets you in the most trouble. You're turning it and you're using it for God's glory. They speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty. And I will meditate on your wonderful works. They tell of the power of your awesome works. And I will proclaim your great deeds. They celebrate your abundant goodness and joyfully sing of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, rich in love. The Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all he has made. All your works praise you, Lord. Your faithful people extol you. <coughs> they tell of the glory of your kingdom. Speak of your might so that all people may know of your mighty acts and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. Your dominion endures through all generations. The Lord is trustworthy in all he promises, faithful in all he does. The Lord upholds all who fall, lifts up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look to you, and you give them their food at the proper time. You open your hand and satisfy the desires of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways, faithful in all he does. The Lord is near to all who call on him. Amen. You want to get near him? Call on him. To all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desires of those who fear him. He hears their cry and he saves them. The Lord watches over all who love him, but all the wicked he will destroy. My mouth will speak in praise of the Lord. Repeat that with me. My mouth will speak in praise of the Lord. Hallelujah. I'm going to make a decision just like Lauren said today, just like Brittany said today, just like Christy said today. I'm going to make a decision. I'm going to choose to praise him. I'm going to choose to adore him. I'm going to choose to lift up his name to exalt him because he's worthy. Let every creature praise his holy name forever and ever. Adoration. Lord, I adore you, I praise you, I love you, I exalt you. And then we move on to confession. Confession is dealing with any known or unknown sin in your life. Sometimes we just, we just kind of live and, and we don't think, man, I, I probably should ask the Lord's forgiveness for that. We get all mucked up and pretty soon we're like, what, what's going on? The psalmist says in Psalm 66, come and hear all you who fear God. Let me tell you what he's done for me. I cried out to him with my mouth. His praise was on my tongue. And if I had cherished sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. Because if I'm hanging on to the wrong kind of stuff, it's clogging my communication lines. So we've got to confess. He says, but, the, but God has surely listened and has heard my prayer. Praise be to God who's not rejected my prayer, withheld his love from me. God wants to, to answer your prayers. He wants to bless you. He's waiting for you to confess the stuff that you got going on in your life. Don't let anything be more important than God. Amen. Confess it. David's prayer after he sinned with Bathsheba and he killed her, her husband. Psalm 51, have mercy on me, O God. And this time he's not just jumping up and down. Yay! Have mercy on me, O oh God, because of your unfailing love. Because you love me. Because of your great compassion. And can I tell you, God loves you more than you even know. 
He loves you more than you love yourself. Amen. And so David's saying, because of your great compassion, blot out the stain of my sins. You ever get a stain on your shirt? You don't know how to get rid of it? You call Debbie Grandizio. She knows how to get rid of all the stains. But if you've got a stain in your life, you call on the Lord. You confess your sin. And he's faithful and just to forgive you your sin and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. So David prays, blot out the stain of my sins. Wash me clean from my guilt. Purify me from my sin. For I recognize my rebellion. I'm, I'm recognizing where I really am. See, if you're going to confess, you've got to recognize first. Some of us, we just don't recognize. We're like, no, I'm okay. I'm good. I'm good. I'm in church. I'm good. I mean, I, I, I gave money. I'm good. It's like, no, no. Recognize what's going on inside. I recognize my rebellion. It haunts me day and night. And against you and you alone have I sinned. I've done what is evil in your sight. You will be proved right in what you say. And your judgment against me is just. I was born a sinner. Yes, from the moment my mother conceived me, but you desire honesty from the womb, teaching me wisdom even there. Purify me from my sins and I will be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. Oh, give me back my joy again. You've broken me, now let me rejoice. Don't keep looking at my sins. Remove the stain of my guilt. Create in me a clean heart, O oh God. Renew a loyal spirit within me. Do not banish me from your presence and don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and make me willing to obey you. And then I'll do something else. I will teach your ways to rebels and they will return to you. And he goes on in verse 14. He says, forgive me for shedding blood because he, he's killed somebody. And I don't care how bad you've done. God can and will forgive you if you'll confess. And he'll blot it out. He'll wipe it away. He'll remove the stain. He'll create a clean heart in you. He'll renew you. Forgive me for shedding blood, O God, who saves. Then I will joyfully sing of your forgiveness. You see... The worse you've been, the more you've got to sing about. The more he's cleansed you from, the more your praise and adoration should rise to the top. Because I realize how bad I was. I realize how messed I up I was. I realize what I've done. And now all of a sudden I realize God has forgiven me. My joyful praise will rise to the top. Hallelujah. I will joyfully sing of your forgiveness. Unseal my lips, O Lord, that my mouth may praise you. You do not desire a sacrifice, or I would offer one. You do not want a burnt offering. The sacrifice you desire is a broken spirit. You will not reject a broken and repentant heart, O God. What an awesome God. Amen. We simply confess he's faithful and just. 1 Peter 3, 2, the eyes of the Lord watch over those, those who do right, and his ears are open to their prayers. 
The Lord turns his face against those who do evil. Adoration, confession, thanksgiving. Let's talk about thanksgiving. You verbalize your gratefulness. You verbalize your gratefulness for all he's done and for who he is. Don't just think thanks. Say thanks. It's, it's one of those things I had to teach my children on a daily basis. If they didn't say thanks, I took it back. What are you doing? What do you, I, I didn't hear anything. I, I didn't hear anything. What I'm hearing now, I don't like. What do you say? And so we verbalize our, our gratefulness. Philippians 4, 6, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. The NASB says, be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. The psalmist says in Psalm 95, come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Let us come to him with thanksgiving. Let us sing psalms of praise to him. For the Lord is a great God. So I don't know if I have anything to thank you for. Are you kidding me? Are you alive and breathing? You've got a lot to be thankful for. You have a roof over your head. You got here somehow. You're functioning. You've got a reason to be. He, the Lord is a great God, a great king above all gods. He holds in his hands the depths of the earth and the mightiest mountains. The seas belong to him, for he made it. His hands formed the dry land to come. Let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our maker, for he is our God. Hallelujah. For his people, he watches over the flock under his care. Psalm 100, shout with joy to the Lord all the earth. Shout. The Bible tells us to shout. There's a time to shout. There's a lot of times to shout. With joy to the Lord. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him, singing with joy. Acknowledge that the Lord is God. He made us. We're his. We're his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. That's the entry point. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Go into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name for the Lord is good. Amen. If you got nothing else, the fact that he's good is enough to say thank you. Thank you for being good to me. Thank you for being good to me. The Lord is good. His unfailing love continues forever. His faithfulness continues to each generation. Adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication, S-S, supplication. Supplication is praying for your needs and the needs of others. The dictionary defines supplication as the action of asking or begging for something earnestly or humbly. R.C. Sproul says, unfortunately, we often spell our prayer life something like S-C-A-T instead of A-C-T-S. Scat instead of acts. So because we start with supplication, we spend very little time, if any, on adoration, confession, and thanksgiving. Anybody guilty? I mean, I, I have to actually sometimes ask myself, did I adore God before I started asking for something? 
Did I confess? Did I, did I say thanks before I started asking? Because sometimes I just come in and ask. I just want. I want. I want what you got. I need some answers. I need some stuff. Guilty. Writer of Hebrews says in Hebrews 4, verse 14, Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weakness, but we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are, yet he did not sin. So let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive grace, mercy, and find grace to help us in our time of need. Supplication, asking for what we need. Psalm 5 says, O Lord, hear me as I pray. Pay attention to my groaning. Listen to my cry for help, my King and my God. For I pray to no one but you. Listen to my voice in the morning, Lord. Each morning, I bring my request to you. And I wait expectantly. I'm going to lay some things out here and I'm going to wait to see what you do. I'm going to wait in expectation because I've got faith that you're going to answer my needs. Luke chapter 6, one of those days, Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray. They spent the night praying to God. Jesus needed to pray. Because he had a big decision to make. When morning came, he called his disciples to him, and he chose 12 of them. He didn't do that without spending the night in prayer. Amen. And if Jesus needed to pray, why do I think I can get by without it? I mean, daily. I, I've got to have communication with God daily. Amen. I need that as a child of God. In fact, Luke 5, 16 says, but Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. It was a, it was a habit, a habit pattern. Adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. And listen, as you grow and develop your prayer life, you don't really need a formula. But this is a good reminder. Have I adored him? Have I confessed my sins? Have I said thanks before I... Ask for provision. Um, in, in my prayer life, a lot of my praying is prayer in the Spirit because I know I'm praying in the will of God. And then I also pray with my understanding so that I'll know when my prayers are answered. And I grow in my communication skill with the Lord. Because if you hear yourself praying on a daily basis and you pray the exact same thing every day, maybe, maybe you need to grow in that a bit. Okay? Use some different words. Start to pray some scripture. And, and let God lead you and, and guide you into a, a deeper relationship with him. But when I pray in the spirit, I, I pray with a focus most of the time. And I, I know what I'm praying for, what direction I'm praying, but I just don't know exactly how the Spirit is praying through me. 
because he has a greater understanding than I do. He, he knows more than I know. And sometimes I think I know the will of God, right? Because it's my will. It's what I think needs to happen. But there are a lot of times when I realize I don't know what God's will is here. and I need to pray in his will. And so I pray in the spirit. And I know that the spirit of God is praying with great understanding because he understands everything. But I'm praying out loud. Somebody say out loud. It's, it's, it's a big deal. Some of you have never prayed out loud, and so it's kind of weird for you. But I want to encourage you and push you in that direction, even, even here, to begin to pray out loud. It'll change the atmosphere around you. You need to pray out loud in your car while you're driving. Nobody's going to think anything of it. They're going to think you're talking to somebody on the cell phone. Right? They all hands-free. Yeah, baby. Hands-free is right. I'm talking to the Lord hands-free. It's a great day, isn't it? We pray out loud and empowered by the Holy Spirit as warfare prayer. And we read Ephesians chapter 6. Uh, about the, the armor of God. I want to jump down just to the last uh, verse 18 because he's talking about taking the sword of the spirit, put on the, the breastplate of righteousness, the helmet of truth, the feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, pick up the sword of the spirit, use the shield of faith. And then he says in verse 18, pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert. Be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. This is a fight. This is war. And if you're going to stand firm, you've got to use every weapon at your disposal. One of those weapons is praying in the Spirit. In Luke chapter 11, Jesus says, So I tell you, keep on asking. Don't give up. Keep, Keep being consistent. Keep on asking. You will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking, you'll find. Keep on knocking, and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. Everyone who knocks, the door will be open. You fathers, if your children ask for a fish, you give them a snake instead? Or if they ask for an egg, do you give them a scorpion? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. What a, what a, and some of us are thinking, man, I just don't know if, if I start speaking in tongues, is it going to be the devil? The devil doesn't want you speaking in tongues. That's why he's fighting you so hard. Seriously, he wants to put those stupid thoughts in your brain going, yeah, it's probably going to be from me. <laughs> and God's like, I, you asked me, I'm going to give you what is good. I'm giving you good stuff. The Holy Spirit's a good gift. I'm not going to give you a snake, a scorpion. I, I'm giving you what's good. Because you can defeat the enemy by praying in the Spirit. And the enemy knows that. And he is kicking tooth and nail, trying to get you out, figuring it all. Try to figure it out. If I could just figure it out. You can't figure it out. You receive a gift by faith. Out loud. And what I love, 
Jesus is praying for you right now. Did you know that? Romans chapter 8, 34. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus, who died more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. He's praying for you right now. He's at the right hand of God. He's praying for you. He's praying for me today. So what do we do? 1 Thessalonians 5, 17, never stop praying. Never stop praying. Pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. How do you do that? Well, you live in a lifestyle of prayer. You practice his presence. Brother Andrew said you practice his presence. You just, you know he's there all the time, so you're, you're carrying on conversation all the time. Lord, what do I do about this? This is a little crazy right now. Lord, give me patience. Give me peace. Help, help. That guy, I'm telling you. Hmm. Okay, Lord, what do I do? It's a continual prayer. It's a lifestyle. You don't have to pull your truck over to the side of the road and pray. You can drive and pray. Jesus said, watch and pray. Watch and pray. Sometimes you need to keep your eyes open as you pray, especially if you're driving. Just a continual conversation with the Lord. Sheila Walsh, in one of her books, she she writes, I'm angry, she said to me. It was a strange way to start a conversation, but her emotions seemed to overwhelm her. I just finished teaching. I was signing a book for someone when this woman stepped between us. Asking her to wait a second, I, I... I finished signing the book and handed it back to the now very concerned recipient. Let's walk for a bit, I suggested to my unhappy new friend. When we were finally alone, I quietly asked her, what happened to you? For half a second, I thought she might slap me. But as I watched, the ice in her eyes melted from anger into intense pain. She fell into my arms and rivers of tears streamed down her face. And she said, I've buried two sons. Every time I hear you talk about your boy, it's like a knife in my heart. Sheila says, we talked for a long time that night. At one point, I asked her if she had let God see her rage. and She seemed horrified by the suggestion. I can't talk to God like that, she said. Don't you think he already knows? I asked, holding her tight. He knows and he loves you. He knows and he wants you to trust him enough to tell him the whole truth about what you're feeling. You ever done that? You ever simply gotten alone with God and let him have it all? The good, the bad, the downright ugly, whatever it is you're thinking and feeling? She says, doing so will change your life. Trust me. I speak from experience. But it took me years to open up to God. I'd lived much of my life filled with shame, with the profound sense that no matter what I did, I would never be good enough for God or for anyone else. And clinging to that falsehood, I kept a wall around my heart so that no one could hurt me. And the wall kept me safe, but it also kept me lonely. 
One night when I was alone in a hospital, alone in the dark, I spoke out loud to God everything I felt. It wasn't pretty, but I wasn't struck by lightning. Instead, I actually felt closer to him than ever before. Truth does that. Truth destroys walls. Are you willing to take that risk today? Will you fall at the feet of Jesus, tell him the whole truth about what you're thinking and feeling, and then let him love you back to life? Because he loves you. He loves you. He's waiting to hear from you. Whether it be adoration or confession or thanksgiving or supplication, he's waiting to hear from you out loud.